Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today. I so appreciate you. I'm so grateful for each and every time we get together here to talk about you, about how you can thrive Mm -hmm. in all that you do, that you can be a thriving entrepreneur, that you can live and thrive and grow and develop. It's so fun, so amazing to be able to be here with you. For those of you that are in business, and I know most of you that listen are, It can be the best of times and the worst of times. And it can be so rewarding and so difficult. What we want is for our business to be fulfilling, not stressful. To scale, to grow, to be all that we can. And today we want to teach you some secrets on how to really have a fulfilling business versus a stressful business. You really need that. I mean, how unfun is it to work as many hours as we do as a thriving entrepreneur? You know, they always say being an entrepreneur is the only job where you give up working 40 hours a week so you can work 70, right? And we do it because of the passion that we feel and the purpose that it fulfills in this world for us being exactly who we are. And so we go forward, we do that thing that we are meant to do in the world, and we thrive while we're doing it. And we want that to be fulfilling in your life. So how do we have a fulfilling business rather than a stressful business? I have three really great guests for you today. They're going to talk to you about some of the secrets they've learned and how you two can really thrive in your business Have it be joyful and fun, something you get up in the morning wanting to be a part of, as opposed to getting up in the morning and regretting. After all, isn't that why you left that job you used to have and you now own your company, is so that you can have that fulfillment that comes from your business. I really hope that you will grab a hold of all of the things we're going to share with you today and you can be more and more of a thriving entrepreneur. With that said, let's jump right into our first interview. Join me in welcoming Adam C. Hall. Hey, Adam, how are you doing today? Hi, Steve. Great to be here with you and all your listeners. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. And uh, I've been on this kind of what I would describe as a a journey from my 1.0 self to my 2.0 self. And 1.0, I would describe as kind of the inauthentic kind of, uh, well, somebody said an earth conqueror because I was in the real estate business. And um, as an entrepreneur there, I built some successful companies and, you know, was kind of going after that American dream, dog eat dog world, win or lose kind of mentality. And uh, ultimately, that was Tums in the morning and tequila at night, and I wasn't feeling good, although the, you know things were going very well ostensibly, but something was amiss. So I said, hey, there must be something more, and I wanted to find out. And so that was back in 2004, and I immediately began to search voraciously of, of more purpose, more meaning and really of a higher service. And uh, that's the journey I've been on. And of course, it's helped me to reveal things like uh, in my writing, my creative ability, and the new book that's out, Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve, offers some of those key insights into really into the 2.0 version of ourselves, which is I describe as the authentic self, the self that feels the passion and the joy of life and the fulfillment of life, not the stress and the disease of life, if that makes sense. So that's a little bit of a little bit of the journey and a little bit of the arc. And yeah, love to explore more with you. 
Sure. So tell us what is the unlearning curve? The unlearning curve is um, a process of which instead uh, a process that takes away from what we've kind of put into our design, into our brain, so to speak. In other words, we we move through our lives, Steve, and I know this was certainly true for me in my journey, and I, it's true for everybody, but we are often very conditioned with family imprints, uh, traumas, uh, cultural imprints, got to be this way to be seen, you got to be this way to be accepted, you got to be this way to, to be loved. So we get imprinted with the, uh, in, into our, into our not only our psychology, but into our biology and our bodies. And we actually, our brains are wired in a certain way. Think fight or flight. That's the survival kind of from the cerebral cortex. This is really about how to move through those, those existing belief systems and that wiring because the brain is beautiful, can actually, it has malleability. We can rewire our brains. Unlearning helps us to take away those past conditionings. It, and, and it creates an opportunity to allow our authentic self to be revealed. And in other words, just lifting a filter off our perceptual lens and unlearning gives us the opportunity. So I talk, uh, I talk about that specifically in the book because I don't believe we need anything else. I don't believe there's anything else that we need outside of ourselves. It has been given. And this has been shown through research and Jungian psychology and whatnot. And it offers us a way to step into our authenticity through an unlearning process. So what's the first step? What do we do to begin to unlearn? Well, if you're listening to the program, you've already begun. And uh, so you have begun that journey wherever you are to say, I, I want to embrace my deeper truth, my deeper power. Uh, in other words, you know, we are the guru. We are the priest in our own lives. Nobody has that power unless we give it away. So first and foremost, congratulations, we're showing up. And that first step really is to begin a contemplative practice. So in other words, when you get going in your day, cut out 10, 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, as much as you can before you go roll out in the day and begin to be really reflective. Um, gratitude is a big thing. You know, really look at like, do I really want to live this idea of, of my ego and the separate identity? And look what kind of, you know, look at the relationships you have. Let some relationships go. Foster relationships that make you thrive. Look into places that you want to bring you your joy and passion. For me, it's often nature. So it begins a journey of self-awareness and self-reflection. And then the book go details into 13 key steps to take along the path. You don't have time today to go through those. But then you step into that first wisdom teaching, which is forgiveness, when there's nothing more powerful than true forgiveness. So those are our first little initial steps along the way, Steve. What's the difference between uh, true and false, if you will, forgiveness? Well, of course, uh, you know, one person's truth is another person's lie. <laughs> And truth can be very subjective, but what I lay out in uh, the divine genius is true forgiveness as compared to what I would describe as just forgiveness as we know it. And forgiveness as we know, it, we're forgiving somebody or ourselves for an act that occurred. So that's a victim perpetrator form of forgiveness. In other words, this happened to me, I'm going to forgive them. But here's the conundrum with that. It keeps us stuck in the past in an event, in the event that occurred. We have 60, 70, 80,000 thoughts a day, Steve. 99% of those thoughts are about our past life and our past conditioning. And in that form of forgiveness, you remain a judge, you remain the jury, guilt is still present, and victim perpetrator is still present. True forgiveness offers us a way through the event, not to dismiss it or deny it, through the occurrence by recognizing not for not about what happened but for what did not happen 
And what did not happen is we all forget, we err in our interconnectivity with each other. In other words, we are in a place of our oneness in that, in, put aside everything, but just go into that place. And in that place, there is only love. There is no need for forgiveness. And this is why true forgiveness is so powerful when we practice forgiving ourselves first and others as well. So what's the biggest thing that keeps us from, uh, you know, really unlearning? Fear. We're living in a time of the, the fear meter is off the charts. And um, it's been ramping up ever since, well, well, I want to say it's really been ramping up ever since 9-11. And, but, and then we are now in a period of time right now where we have the pandemic going on and fear is, being, is rampant. And nothing is more um, terrifying to the inner psyche or unconscious than the idea that, my gosh, we're going to die. We need to fight for, for our survival. We often cannot function and we get frozen in our tracks. So we're embracing a place of fear. And fear, I believe, everything we do is either in fear or in love. So to come through your fear is to go through the fear, not around it. We don't need drinking and boozing or sexing, whatever it is, or overworking or money. That doesn't eliminate fear. We go right through our fear because that is the return back into our authentic self, that 2.0 self that I was talking about. So fear is the primary source that keeps us in disease and in separation and really in a death spiral, if you ask me. Forgive me for being so frank, but that's what it is. Mm. That's a powerful uh, visualization of a death spiral. So... First, we need to notice it, I'm assuming, that we're even living that way to then be able to change it. Absolutely. And, and uh, I mean, it, there has to be a reasonable degree of perception. And it's and when what it is, is I often say, Steve, see things for how they are, not for how you want them to be. In other words, be radically honest with, with, with when we, we got to be radically honest with ourselves. We're living in a time where everything is a bunch of BS often on most things are, and we're being fed all this noise. That's a bunch of BS. I, 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 that's my feeling and my experience and over the 60 years. And that requires us to, to begin to experience that, Hey, what is really going on here? And that's when we begin to move into fear, not to run, but to go right at it. And you'll, for sure, penetrate through to the other side. Hmm, good stuff. The book is called Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve. It's by Adam C. Hall. Adam, where, uh, where can they get it? Is it Amazon everywhere? Uh, you know, where, where is it available at? It's on Amazon worldwide. So you can get it in audio, Kindle, uh, softback, hardback, I also want to invite everybody to go to my website at www.adamhall.solutions and pick up a copy of my free ebook. This is a great little book. It's called The Divine Genius, uh, Wisdom for Abundance. And the objective of this little free giveaway is to end the idea of lack and scarcity in your life once and for all. So pick that up if you go to my website at adamhall.solutions and you can have that. And also I, I appreciate it if you pick up the book. It's a great book and it's a life-changing book for, for many that are, are reading it and have read it. Perfect. I appreciate that. So leave us with one last uh, nugget of truth before we end here today. These are extraordinary times that offer extraordinary opportunity. The power of our humanity individually and collectively to come together to rewrite our story that is a new story, a new chapter of the lives that we want to live as authentic and joyful and loving as we can be. This is our moment. Everybody's needed. And I look forward to sharing that 
with all of you as we go forward. Do you get the book, Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve by Adam C. Hall. Adam, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thank you, Steve. Really appreciate it. I would love for you to go to whatever social media you use, hashtag thriving entrepreneur, and type in one thing that you've learned, how you can be more fulfilled and less stressed in your business. And you can be a thriving entrepreneur. Please share it with us. We are going to take a quick commercial break, and then we will be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. Welcome back. This is Steve. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. Okay, here's one that I know stresses us out. That if you do properly can make your business so fulfilling. And that's online marketing. What do we even do? I mean, it seems almost like a mysteriously secret world that nobody wants to share with you. Well, I'm glad that we've got this guest here to be able to share some insider tips and tricks and secrets and the things that are working right now so that you can feel fulfilled and not stressed in your business, even as you look at what may be one of the scariest things you deal with, and that's your online marketing. Let's talk to our next guest. Join me in welcoming Eric Rebello. Hey, Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Steve. What about you? I'm doing good, thanks. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do in the world. Yeah, so my name is Eric Rebello, and basically what I have is a digital business development firm uh, where we help, you know, service businesses um, basically do sales and marketing growth. Uh, and we use ads, uh, conversion websites, and automated lead follow-up, and also a little bit of sales training to help them do that, to try and get more customers, clients, leads. Everybody wants to know the secret sauce, and it seems like it keeps changing on us. <laughs> um Today, you know, not, I mean, because last year was a totally different animal. Today, what is working? Is it Facebook ads? Is it landing pages? What what works best? Yeah, the thing that I see that's kind of funny about the whole marketing industry right now is exactly that. If people just have no idea what to do. And funny enough, the simplest answer is usually the best answer, right? Um, it may not always be the easy answer, but it's, it's simple. Um, the, the thing is, is, The ad platforms are traffic sources. Your website and landing pages are lead collection tools. And then what you do on the back end is to nurture those leads. So it's basically just a three-step process. And it's not really like a one, like you just do one thing and it solves the problem. You have to create a marketing system that actually generates you leads. So when I say we do ads, conversion websites, and automated lead follow-up on the back end, and a little bit of sales training, those are all the different steps that are required for any business, really, to convert customers. And whether the ad platform is Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, TikTok, 
meta Facebook, whatever it's doing now. Um, it doesn't really matter. It, well, it does matter depending on what your niche is and all that type of stuff. But the point is, is that you want to be advertising on multiple of these platforms. Uh, you want to start with one and then become omni-channel. And usually what I would say to start with is Google because it's intent-based and they're coming to you. So although it is a little bit more expensive, it's worth it because they have high intent and they have buying signals of typing in exactly what they're searching for. So whether you're a contractor or a dentist or whatever, someone's going to be searching for what you want usually. Um, so you start there. And then once you see what works with those, uh, you know, ads with, you know, Google search and all that type of stuff, then I would say move into some type of outbound, which is more like Facebook and Instagram, where people aren't necessarily coming to you, but you're going to them with a marketing message and it has to be even stronger and even more compelling. So I would say Facebook and Instagram ads are actually a lot more difficult because there's creative required. You have to have some type of video, photo, something like that. It's not just text-based. And then also since you're putting your message in front of people and they're not actively searching for it, although Facebook is based on targeting and user data. So like it's, they're qualified still, but you have to make it even more compelling to hook them in to like actually want to listen to your marketing message. Once they actually click on your ad, you like, this is where I see a lot of businesses mess up as well, um, is their website or their landing page doesn't really, it's also not compelling. You know what I mean? It's just kind of boring and bland and also isn't very clear on what they offer. So if they're offering a free consultation call, um, you know, it's like, what do they get out of that? Like what results are they getting at the end of the call that they want and what value are you providing? Cause just getting on a call with you doesn't sound compelling, but let's say they have a specific problem they want solved. Like just to, you know, give you an example, if there's a leak in someone's roof or something like that, and they need a roofer, um, basically if you get on a call with them, instead of just saying, Hey, do a call with us, you can say, get on a call and we're either going to diagnose that problem as you can solve it yourself with something you can get from Home Depot or Lowe's or some type of Ace hardware, or if we're going to have to come out and do, oh, sorry about my lights here. Um, either they're basically going to give you, you know, something you can do yourself, or they might have to come out and do like a full roof replacement. But that person is like, wait a minute, on the call, they're actually going to tell me if I can just do it myself and save a bunch of money. Like I want to know what strategies they have. Uh, to let me do that. So the call and the, the call to action or that offer has to be compelling as well. And if it's not, people are just not going to jump on the phone with you. And then the other two big parts <laughs> are lead, uh, basically nurturing those leads on the back end with emails, texts, uh, just any sort of communication. Because I think the the statistic is like, you need like 32 touch points before someone becomes a customer on average. Um, depends on the industry, how long the sales cycle is and all that different stuff. But for a normal service-based business that's like mid-ticket, you know, a couple like between $500 and $3,000 for whatever their, maybe even $5,000, $10,000 of their, their service, it's somewhere between, you know, like 12 and 32 touch points. So it's like when you finally get that lead, you still have to do that kind of compelling process if they fall off, you know what I mean? Because some people, they schedule a consultation call and then all of a sudden they get busy and uh, they need to reschedule. And it's like, well, how do you nurture that to get someone back on the call and uh, provide your service? Then the last part is sales training. And a lot of business owners are not adept at sales because they focus on whatever their, their thing is, like whatever they have studied to do, whether they're dentist, lawyer, um, whatever they're good at, chiropractor, something like that. They've studied that skill. They have not necessarily studied business growth and marketing and sales and revenue generation, client acquisition. And that is really where a lot of business growth comes from. It's, it's revenue, right? And they like to stick to what their skill is, what they know. And they, if they have someone there that can kind of teach them like, okay, if you're in this specific situation and you're talking to a client, don't just pitch them and then see what they say. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, you know, just asking for the sale right away. You have to ask questions and all these things. And that's, that's stuff that I teach them as well is when they're doing their consultations, you know, do a little bit of discovery, just like they do when they're actually, um, you know, talking with a patient, trying to figure out what, you know, the problem is. It's like you're diagnosing the problem and then you have a solution and then you provide case studies and testimonials and authority and all that type of stuff. And then you have a strong offer at the end. So 
the, the whole system is really necessary. And I know I went on a long rant there, but a lot of people just focus on how can I do Facebook ads to get more clients? And it's like, it's, it's not just that it's the whole thing. So that's really the secret sauce is if you have all four of those, um, done, then you're going to have a system that actually generates, uh, customers for you pretty easily. If you can get those all dialed in and congruent. You got my marketing brain spinning now because I liked that concept of having a landing page that basically offers for free to fix their problem right now if we can over the phone or Zoom. That's a cool concept. I like that. I'm going to steal that. I hope you don't mind, Eric. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I provide, uh, I provide content for value. You know what I mean? It's the, it's the same thing. Like literally me coming on this podcast and talking about that is now a free piece of value that you can hopefully take and run with. And then anybody you know, you can tell about it and they can get value out of it as well, you know? So the next question I do have for you, though, you've used the word compelling quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, give me your definition of what is and what isn't compelling. Uh, compelling to me, you have to look at what, what type of buyer you're talking to. So this is also uh, nuanced because if you're talking to sophisticated buyers or more um, like high ticket, it's different than more of a low ticket fast sale, right? Mm -hmm. So it basically compelling just comes down to eliciting an emotional response out of whatever they want. Like 70, 70% uh, of people are emotional buyers and about 30% of people are logical buyers. I'm in the 30% range to where I have a analytical type of personality. So if you can cater to statistics, facts, data, um, I'm way more likely to buy. And that's what makes a compelling offer to me. If you try to come to me with something emotional and say, oh, it's going to make you feel better. And like, you know, kind of like, I, I no disrespect to any of that, but it's just a little bit more fluffy stuff to me rather than hard data. Um, I'm not, I'm still compelled by that because I'm a human being, but I'm not as compelled by log, uh, logic, you know what I mean? But a lot of people, they need the emotional side of things to, you know, how can you connect a get like, okay, so uh, they'll just give another example because it makes it really easy to, to define this. If you get sued, right? And you have, you're looking for a lawyer. There's obviously fear there. There's anxiety there. There's all these different emotions that are going on to where, okay, you know, I'm going to miss like my son's soccer game because I have to deal with this lawsuit that could destroy our family business. Like that is a lot of emotions. And if someone is going on Google, they see on Facebook or whatever that you're advertising to them and you say, hey, we understand that lawsuits cause a lot of fear and anxiety and headaches. We want to relieve that for you. If you jump on the phone with us, we're going to talk about five different strategies that two of them you can try to do yourself, but they're not as effective. And you could potentially end up settling and not really win the case. The other three we're capable of helping you with. Um, and, you know, we can basically talk about how each of those go and whatever, right? I'm just kind of making it up. But all of a sudden the person is like, they, they, they are stopped in their tracks because they know that they can have, they're, they're going away from pain and towards pleasure. Most people want to like remove the pain in their life. And that's the strongest thing. A lot of people are um, humans just in general are more driven by negative emotions to go away from negative emotions than they are towards positive emotions based on our DNA and psychology. So if you can help alleviate pain in whatever way, um, people find that compelling. You know what I mean? So that's, that's basically my definition of compelling, if that makes sense. Mm, absolutely, it does. So first of all, I mean, since we're talking in the realm of what you can do yourself and what you can't, uh, what do you find is the things that people try to do themselves that you really just wish they would come to you up front so you could help them initially? <laughs> Ooh, that's a really good question. I think... Um... The first thing that came to mind was what their, their offer is um, in like positioning, right? And, you know, as business owners, we're all kind of guilty of this of, oh, like I have something good to offer. And if I just put it out there, people will just flock towards me and take it because it's so great. And it's like, okay, there has to be a, a little bit of that, you know, um, follow up and kind of, kind of like nurturing the person into getting the sale, right? So instead of 
just kind of having a very, again, bland offer, you need to have something that's good that like people actually want. And that the offer almost like goes into a bunch of different categories. Cause let's say you have something really compelling, right? But then someone searches you online and you have a bunch of like bad reviews and nobody likes it, right? Everybody hates Yelp for that reason because people post fake reviews and all this crazy stuff. And it's like, well, that law that offer is no longer as compelling because even though you said the words that I want to hear, you don't have the authority in the case studies and the reviews to back it up. So now that offer isn't as compelling. Um, so it's like, I wish that business owners would take a more holistic approach to what they're doing and realize that it's simpler than it really is. Like you can't really trick people into like doing anything. Like, you know what I mean? That's not good anyway. That's not of integrity. So it's like, if you have a good offer that people actually want, it actually helps them and you're doing business with integrity and you have people that have, you know, used your service, then it's pretty easy to sell. <laughs> then it just comes into positioning and putting it in front of the right people. Um, some business owners are selling things that people don't want or the way that they communicate them, people are like, I don't want that. But if they just repositioned how they say it or communicate that to their target market, people would actually have desire for it. And again, that's a emotional response. So it just comes down to I wish they took a more holistic approach to marketing as opposed to trying to you know, have little bits and pieces and try and kind of put them all together. It's a whole system. And if you don't have the whole system correct, there's usually a lot of kind of fall through. It's like, it's like if you're on a boat and there's a bunch of holes in your boat, but then you're trying to like get the boat to go a thousand miles with a bunch of holes in it. And it's like, no, 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 no. You need to plug the holes so it doesn't sink first. And then you're going to have a way easier time actually like getting to your destination. So who would be the perfect people for you to work with and how can they get in contact with you if they'd like your help? Yeah. So um, basically the ideal client that we work with is service businesses that are like mid ticket, high ticket. So if you sell a service anywhere from 500 to 10,000 plus dollars of, uh, we've worked with clients from, you know, all over the spectrum. We've even worked with clients that their core offer is something that's like about one to five million dollars right it's like a b2b technology company that in that case but there's there's all over the spectrum right but we like to help uh service businesses in particular if you're if you're helping clients and you're providing a service we really like to help that so healthcare, medical um wellness you know technology home services legal we kind of like specialize in that because we've found that it's kind of the same system over and over again that people just want to get on a consultation or some type of call with you to learn more about the service and then you basically uh, have a deal you know with them on the service but that's that's our ideal client and then how to connect with me um, everywhere it's just Eric Rebello so ericrebello.com YouTube Instagram all that type of stuff and you can just reach out to me and uh, I can try and help you with some free advice or direct you towards some videos that I've made that uh, can help you. And then if you're a business that's, you know, doing above maybe like 1 million, you know, minimum or something like that, maybe, eh, maybe even a little bit less, like 750,000 or something um, in revenue, then we can definitely help you uh, scale to whatever number you're trying to get to if you're willing to commit and do the strategies and actions necessary. And that's E-R-I-C-R-E-B-E-L-O.com. Correct. Yep. And then I have a little lead form on there they can fill out and we can uh, speak. Perfect. Well, Eric, give us uh, one piece of advice, something that we can and you maybe even should do uh, right now today. Okay. So it's going to be kind of general, but this has been something I've been philosophizing lately, because I always try to simplify everything in my life. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a minimalist. Uh, clarity and consistency is the two things that really a lot of people, if they got those two things down, would be doing so much better in every single area of their life. And clarity is just, you know, defining what your actual goal is, or like the direction that you're going, and saying no to all the things that aren't that. And since we live in such a chaotic world and there's so much stimulus going around, you know, you see people doing like social media detoxes and things like that because they just need direction. They need clarity. They're getting pulled in too many different directions and it just gets super crazy and they have to define where they're going. The other thing, you know, with consistency is it's much better to do something for 30 minutes a day as 
as opposed to, you know, a couple hours, one day a week. And the reason why is because your brain has synaptic pathways that build over time. And if you do something every day, um, I don't know if you've heard of the book, like atomic habits by James clear, but I, when I read that, I was like, this is exactly, you know, kind of what people need with that. But it's like, if you get clear and you get consistent, anything you want, like you'll be able to get. Eric, I appreciate so much you spending some time and giving us such great insight on the show here today. Absolutely, Steve. I appreciate you having me on. And um, I hope that I could help anybody uh, listening to the show. And other than that, yeah, I had a great time. What did you learn? Again, go out to your social media and hashtag thriving entrepreneur and share with us what's something that you can do that you feel more empowered to do in your online marketing so that you can be a thriving entrepreneur. We are going to take another quirk commercial break and we will be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. We're talking about being fulfilled rather than stressed in our business. And we would be remiss if we didn't spend the last little bit here talking about how to scale your business. That monster in the room of all of the purpose and all of the plans you have for your business, but now it needs to come real. It needs to come to light. It needs to truly come into existence. How do you do that? How do you scale your business? Well, fortunately, we have an expert here with us that's going to talk to us about that so that we can feel not stressed, but fulfilled as we scale our business to whatever height it can possibly go. With that said, let's jump into our next guest. Join me in welcoming Tony Mello. Hey, t I'm sorry. Let's start this over again. Rewind, rewind. <laughs> Join me in welcoming Tommy Mello. Hey, Tommy, how are you doing today? Excellent. Going great. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world, Tommy. Well, my name is Tommy Mello. I, uh, I started a garage door company in 2007. And uh, right now we're in about 19 states, uh, 425 employees uh, from Michigan originally moved to Arizona when I was 16. And uh, I just, I'm obsessed with business. I enjoy golf. I love movies. Um, I got a little dog named Finnegan. He's uh, about nine months old. He's a kava poo. And uh, life is good. And what, um, what do you do these days in your business? So I'm the CEO, the founder, the owner. Um, right now, my day mostly consists of... Uh, relationships, lots of meetings, lots of growth meetings. Uh, we are looking to expand. We want to be the largest and most trusted graduate company in North America. So getting really heavy into acquisitions, um, just focused on scalability, culture, things that uh, people really don't think about till you start growing very, very fast. And uh, just 
always looking, uh, I'm basically a full-time recruiter. I'm always looking for amazing A players. And I truly believe that the, the leaders really help define the company and they really help push people to the next level. So when you got a great coach, say high school football, you end up being an MVP. If you got a crappy coach, you, you never make it to college. Um, I think that's such a true thing in this world now. So what is the secret to scaling your business? Well, I think what you should do is think about your business and a franchise if you were to franchise it. So what does it start with? It starts with a really good brand. Uh, it starts with really good logo, a clean logo, uh, making sure that everything is congruent, making sure your website looks good, making sure your online reviews are great, making sure you've got a great plan. Um, you've got a org chart, you've got a depth chart, you understand your pro, uh, basically your strengths, and you work on your strengths and hire around your weaknesses. You have manual standard operating procedures, checklists. You pick the right CRM. Uh, I could go on and on, but these things are essential if you were to scale a franchise. And people want to have a set it and forget it. You go into McDonald's, you go to school for a month to be an owner. You got to have a certain amount of money in the account. It's a system. And as you create systems, you create expected outcomes. And expected outcomes are what you're going for. I'd rather have a bunch of B players all the way across the board than half A's and half D's. If that, at least that way I know what we need to work on and it's expected uh, versus, you know, a lot of people try to catch a genie in a bottle and they catch, catch this great employee that saves the day. And when they're gone, the business fails. And uh, I've learned that to build the box and hire employees to fit the box instead of building a box around certain people. Makes a lot of sense. So how do you originally define what you want the culture of your company to be back when you're small before you start branching out? You know, there's a book that I really love. It's uh, called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And um, he put in the book, he said, I wanted to meet the perfect lady, you know, the perfect soulmate. So he wrote down 100 things that he wanted in a woman. He wrote down her taste, her hair, you know, her love, her motherly features, whatever it was. And then he realized, you know, I don't think I'm the man that could get this lady. I got to define who I need to become. So he wrote down a hundred things that he would need to become to even deserve a person like that. So, you know, for me, I needed to define what a company would look like with an amazing culture, helping people accomplish their dreams, acknowledging people's birthdays and anniversary dates and getting the kids involved. And, and I, you know, it, I'm not there yet. It's a never ending uh, journey for me. And, and it's this ability to eat, eat leaders eat last. It's to give, give them everything they want. Let their credit scores be 800, give them enough money to take paid vacations, make sure if they want to put their kids in private school, be the best mother and father they could and go to soccer games and, and not think that they owe us something because we're business owners. They owe, we owe them. Um, and when you can learn to put people first and help them accomplish their goals, it's amazing what happens. And like I said, I'm trying to become better every day. It's a work in progress. I wish I could say that, that I'm the perfect leader, but um, I'm just, I'm a forever student that's trying to get better every day. So if you could go back in time to when you originally started the company and you could give yourself some advice on being the leader that you're learning to be now, what would be the first piece of advice you'd give yourself? Uh, well, back then I would have said um, planning and I would have said, you know, go hang out build your circle because if you look around your circle and you don't get inspired, you're actually in a cage. So go visit the businesses that you want to become, uh, take a lot of notes, ask more questions, become an avid reader, uh, listen more. And, and also I would have said, you got to go through the experiences. You know, I know a lot of parents say, I, I wish I knew then what I knew now and, and you're going to have to make the mistakes for yourself. So I don't know if I could have told myself anything without some of the experiences because I had to fall and get back up and not make the same mistake twice. But the, the, the overall arching thing is, you know, success leaves clues. And the more places you go visit, 
and ask a lot of questions and learn from people that have made the mistakes and actually take them seriously and, and have accountability partners and seek out coaching, uh, the right coaches, uh, the better you're going to do. And, um, and just pay more attention to the people that are helping you grow because a lot of times we have great employees. Uh, I call them coworkers and, and we don't, we take them for granted. So it would be a lot more than that, <laughs> but that's where I'd get started. Perfect. Over the course of these last years that you've been running the business, um, what have you seen developed or growing the most in your life? Uh, gratitude is a big one, um, but uh, you know, it's compound. It's just, it's crazy what happens. Uh, Einstein said the most powerful thing in the universe is compound interest. And it just seems like when you go and you have this, this abundance and this give back, I just invited 70 garage door companies to a shop tour and get two days of seminars with the best speakers that taught me everything. And we're forming a buyer's group. And they were just, they said, a lot of them cried and said, I can't believe we've been doing it this way. I can't believe our, our relationships, our lives have been this way when there, there was something else out there. So I think lately I just, I changed my mentality just to, to see there's a thing called with them. What's in it for me that people always ask. And I'm, I'm literally asking myself, what's in it for them? You know, how do we all win? And I don't think it needs to be as many losers. I'm a competitive guy. And, and the game of business, there doesn't need to be a win-lose situation. It could be two wins. So I think that's changed a lot for me. And just really picking the close people and trying to spend some time with them. Because uh, I, gotta, I live and die by my calendar now. And I'm not a good time management guy. I'm not good at organization. So I hired around my weaknesses. And now i got an amazing team that really lets me do me. And, um, and relationships have become very, very, very important. So specifically with franchises, how do you ensure that you get franchisees that are going to uphold that same uh, level as a leader in their particular, you know, location? So personally, I don't have a franchise, but when I, you start out, you should envision what it takes to have the systems in order to scale massively like a franchise. I mean, it, so, so I had to literally think of my business as a franchise and state, what are the questions we ask in an interview? Show me the ride-along forms. Tell me the aptitude test. Show me the personality traits. I want to see the five languages of the workplace. Um, understanding people. And like I said, now... If I can tell you the people, usually the best people have some type of track record, whether that's high school, they were in the honor society. They, they, you know, I love, I really enjoy people that were either in the band or the symphony or some type of team sport um, because they know what it's like to practice. You practice every day for a week to play once in the game. Whereas a lot of times in business, you, you go, follow my best guy for two weeks and I'm going to throw you in the game every single time after that. And um, I think there's certain quality and personality traits and just, you know, you, you get out of your honeymoon phase after about three months. And that's when I say hire slow, fire fast. And, um, but you got to define what you expect. A lot of people don't give these expectations correctly. And, and, you know, if, if imagine you've had, the, the a son that was practicing for football ever since he was five years old and he gets to his freshman year and the coach is garbage his front line sucks and they're not doing their thing he would not look like a good player so it's understanding how to not get siloed the five dysfunctions of a team it's, it's understanding that it's for the greater good is how you play the game um i think that's a really long answer but that's the, the way i feel so for a person that's listening and they're like, wow, I realize that I've been being a really bad leader in my company. What's step one? What's the thing they can do right now today to begin to start being a better leader for their people? Uh, step one is not to live in, in chaos and firefighting. It's, it's not to be, it's literally get control of your calendar. 
Uh, what I would recommend is carry a, a little spiral notebook. And every time you get distracted, every time there's a fire, every time you get taken away from your big BHAG goal that day, the stuff that you need to do that's working on the business, not in it, you know, the Michael Gerber statement, I say the first thing is get control of your life. Don't have all these interruptions. Make sure your office could stay uninterrupted to focus on the big things. So by writing down all the stuff that interrupts you, you start to develop where your time's wasted and hire somebody to help you with that. Um, get control of your time. And, and then I would say, ultimately, build procedures and processes and systems. You, you know, when a company wants to buy you, private equity comes in or, or, or some type of big company to buy you, they don't look at the people. They look at the systems. They look at how are these systems going to ensure no matter who leaves that the the company keeps going forward and it gets the same result. They're not buying anything other than the system standard operating procedures, the, the software. Uh, of course, leadership, it's hard to replace that. But if you've got a model that can bring people into it and develop people, um, you know, there's uh, there's that guy that that's on that, that show that says, uh, you know, I believe in people, process, and product. Marcus Lamone, Lamonis, and I said, Really, it's all about process. The process dictates the people you get and dictates the product. Um, people are the most important thing, but what's the process in which you get the people? What does the onboarding look like? What's the orientation look like? How are you communicating with them on one-on-ones one -on, -ones on a weekly basis and making sure they're excited and they're happy and they're winning the game? Um, really hard to do. No one said it was going to be easy. <laughs> mm, yeah, for sure. So do you uh, help, do you do coaching to other business people that want to, uh, to learn to do this? You know, I've got a program that we do for home service. That's um, on our home service expert page. Um, basically what we do is we, it's accountability program. And what I try to do is, is create a blueprint for them and try to isolate what needs to be done first. You know, you, you should never be trying to do more than three big things at once. Um, and then, uh, of course, it goes back into direct reports. You know, Jesus had 12 disciples, and that's the Lord. I say you should never have more than five. Uh, so it's understanding the org chart, understanding the systems, and getting a foundation of where what needs to happen first. So, you know, and that that that's really not what I focus on. Uh, it's cool. It helps a lot of people. But, you know, I wrote a book called The Home Service Millionaire. I got a lot of stuff in the book. I had 12 co-authors. It explains get control of your finances first. Understand how to price, understand your gross profit and develop a price book based on your gross profit. And, and it's not a sin to make money. Um, you should be able to pay yourself comfortably a six figure income. Uh, and still the company should walk away with 10 to 20%. And a lot of these people don't think they deserve it. They, they think they're taking advantage of their customers. And I will tell you this, if your employees aren't making great money, if your employees can't have PTO and be able to enjoy it, have a retirement account, be able to have great health insurance, be able to do great things all the time, and you're taking care of them, you're feeding them, there's great lunches, there's great events. Don't ever think you're taking care of your customer if you're not taking care of your internal customers and your family. So if by not charging the right prices and understanding your, your financials, your income statement, your balance sheet, and your, your profit and loss, never feel that you're charging too much if you can't make a profit take care of your employees and still pay yourself a good amount of money with benefits uh i think that people get that misconstrued and they feel like oh i can never do that just know that a piece of pizza or, or, or pizza i used to i used to work at a sports uh bar when i was like 13 14 15 the pizza costs less than a buck um but they charge 20. um no one says that pizza places are ripping them off so just understand that you got to build in your profit. And I think that there's a big misconception about that. And it's a dirty shame. So if a person wants to uh, go deeper with you, how can they get in contact with you? You can find me on the home service expert. I'm all over LinkedIn, Tommy Mello. Um, the book is homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash free. You can get it for just the shipping and handling cost. Um, you know, I, I love talking to people. I love these type of interviews. I appreciate you having me on, Steve. And, you know, these are a blast. And ultimately, I hope people actually listen to something and, and take action because there's very few action takers out there. Uh, you can't put this under your pillow and I hope the uh, tooth fairy will come leave money for you. It's, it's literally get started now. Dive in. 
Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait for the holidays to finish to start your diet. Don't wait to hire a trainer. Get started, stay started, and find an accountability partner to get through this because it's not easy. Well, Tommy, I appreciate you spending some time with us here on the show today. Hey, thanks for letting me on. I had a great time. What secrets did you learn today about scaling your business, about growing, about fulfilling to the maximum that thing that you're meant to do in the world? Again, you can hashtag Thriving Entrepreneur. I'd love to hear and read the things that you learned today. Um, and of course, I'm always here available to talk to you. I love talking to people. Um, you can go to AskSteveKid.com and schedule a free time to speak with me. Um, you know, I mean, I'm going to give first to you and help you out in any way that I can before ever even thinking about uh, bringing up to you how much or what programs I have. I do mostly work with authors, but because I've been a marketing company literally since 1988, there's pretty much not anything that you can think of that I wouldn't be willing to at least talk to you about. Uh, you'd be amazed at some of the conversations I've had. Uh, one of the places that I used to uh, be a consultant at, um, an independent contractor, if you will, uh, the owner there used to always tease that the door on the company should say Granite Distributing and Steve's Counseling Service. So, you know, even if you need help with that, I'm here. I'm glad to help. I want to be there with you to see you be fulfilled, to live and love and thrive in your business so that every day is a ho nah, maybe not a holiday, but it is fulfilling. It is the purpose, the destiny, and is reaching the potential that you know it's meant to have. I know that thing that you do in the world. I see you. I see how powerful you are and how much the passion within you propels you towards making a difference in this world. And in that, you find yourself wondering, right? We all get there. We know how important this thing is, but then we question ourselves. We wonder, is it really going to work? Is it really good enough? Am I good enough? Can I do it? What can I do? You ever feel that way? I know we all do. Um, and I want you to know that your purpose is so necessary and so important in this world. And that your passion which propels you will most definitely make room for you being exactly who you are supposed to be. Because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. And the world needs you. I hope you know that in everything you do, I want to see you fulfilled and not stressed. I'm here to help you any way that I possibly can. And you know that you're not alone, that you're wonderful, you're worthy, and that in all you do that you are a thriving entrepreneur, that you wake up in the morning feeling the passion of your purpose propelling you, and that when you lay your head in bed at night, that the fulfillment of all the lives that you've reached while it's called today. Let yesterday go. Let tomorrow come when it does. And just purely maximize while it's called today so that you can be happy, safe, warm and loved, and you can live as a thriving entrepreneur. Until we're together again next time, I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs>
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You are-